0: Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we uh, continue our journey through uh, the Bible, uh, seeking to read it in its entirety in one calendar year. And we have made it to the New Testament book of Ephesians. And so if you've got a Bible, it's handy, uh, convenient for you to do so. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll be reading uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3 this morning. And uh, for those who know me and know the book of Ephesians, it will be no surprise that our emphasis will be chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Uh, Again, uh, most people are aware that have uh, uh, known me for any length of time and heard me teach or preach Uh, that I often identify this little short epistle, this book of Ephesians, one of the four prison epistles uh, written by the Apostle Paul while he was uh, in a Roman prison, uh, that I often identify this book as my favorite book of the Bible. And honestly, part of it is its brevity, that that it's a great thing to read in one sitting, six chapters, and it neatly divides, half of it devoted to Uh, sound doctrine, and I would say that the sound doctrine also even borders on a kind of doxology. uh, That in in instructing us uh, regarding the greatness of God and the salvation he's accomplished in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is very much evident that he is praising God for his greatness in salvation. And then in uh, chapters uh, 4, 5, and 6, we see some practical wisdom related uh, to the living of the Christian life. And so uh, in chapter 1, after kind of a normative type of of greeting uh, there from uh, the Apostle Paul, he engages in a... A lengthy discourse about the nature and the greatness of our salvation in Christ. Uh, he makes mention of the great reality that our salvation is uh, rooted in the, the, the will, the character, the decree of God uh, that goes all the way back into eternity past and uh, that, that will to save uh, those that he has elected or chosen or predestined, all of those things would be true. Uh, they're worked out or accomplished uh, in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God gives thanks uh, for those that uh, God has saved there in the church uh, in Ephesus. And uh, then he goes on to to make what I think is one of the great statements that uh, explains something of the nature of salvation in in chapter 2. We'll look at that in just a moment. And and then uh, in chapter 3, he speaks of uh, the church as something that wasn't fully understood under the Old Covenant, but it is uh, very much uh, uh, a, a mystery uh, that this uh, idea of uh, the church, this, this uh, uh, grouping together uh, in one entity, uh, Jew and Gentile, uh, to be uh, in unity, uh, in fellowship with one another, uh, under the um, underarching banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at chapter 2, and let's begin reading in verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, who were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him, that we should walk in them. So the first uh, three verses are dedicated uh, to defining and describing uh, the pre-Christian or pre-new-birth reality of the life of the unbeliever. Uh, They are spiritually dead, dead in trespasses and sin. Uh, They're in alignment with uh, Satan. Uh, They're in uh, uh, concert with the the very principles that define uh, our fallen world. And we live subject to uh, the fallen, and even oftentimes gruesome passions of our flesh. And so after defining that, uh, two great words in verse 4, but God. God has acted. He has uh, acted in his son, Jesus Christ, and he has acted uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit uh, to bring life out of death, that to take those out of the, the realm of death, out of the reality of death, and to make them alive, to make those who were dead in sin alive in Christ and actually has raised us up with him and seated us with Christ Jesus. And Paul can say that all of this has occurred by God's grace. He is very clear that salvation is not a product of any human effort, uh, no human ingenuity, no human virtue, that it is strictly a gift of God, it is received through faith, and that all of these things pertaining to salvation are a gift of God's grace, that, that we indeed as believers are the workmanship uh, of God, uh, workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and that uh, those that are saved uh, are so changed that they, they live uh, to please God, and God has saved us so that his glory Uh, may be displayed throughout all of eternity. And so I think uh, uh, we could uh, go on and on and on about the the things that uh, Paul says to us about the nature of salvation. And we would do well uh, to go back to this text often and reflect upon that which God has saved us from and that which God has saved us to. And so I pray that this is a blessing to your day. And I'll look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.